Tired of your gut feeling like it's been through more drama than a reality TV show? Say goodbye to the chaos and hello to a gut that's as peaceful as a zen garden with Symbiotic Plus from Ritual. Let's be real. Alcohol turns your gut into a wild roller coaster ride, leaving you feeling more queasy than thrilled. Say goodbye to the gut battles and inflammation wars. And with 25% off with the code POWER, this is a great excuse to give your gut the TLC that it deserves. So whether you're starting your day with a green smoothie or hitting up your favorite Starbucks for a coffee, make sure to add Symbiotic Plus to your daily routine. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. One of my biggest struggles in early sobriety was falling asleep. And even now, years in, sometimes my brain is just too active and too anxious to rest. This used to cause a lot of stress for me, but now I take Tanasi before bed and it helps me relax and get to sleep. My husband has even said that he has never seen me sleep deeper. As a former scientist, I appreciate Tanasi's commitment to science and research. They provided a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. This team of scientists discovered Tanasi's one-of-a-kind patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula. Studies show that it's twice as effective as CBD alone, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university to support ongoing research. If you're struggling with anxiety or trouble sleeping, then I encourage you to give Tanasi a try. It comes in a variety of different forms like lotions, soft gels, gummies, tinctures, and drink concentrates. I've been using the tincture before bed. Go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Ever try a buckwheat pillow? They are nothing like those fluffy clouds that most of us are used to. You know that feeling when your pillow seems to betray you and it collapses under the weight of your head and no matter what you do, you can't fix it? Well, Hulo Pillow is here to change that. They sent me one and it's pretty unique. Even Rudy, my cat, likes it. And you can try it out too and get a discount with the code POWER. Hulo Pillow supports your head and neck, unlike those flimsy pillows that leave you feeling like you've been in a wrestling match all night. And forget about flipping to the cool side constantly. Hulo Pillow stays cool and dry, making sweaty nights a thing of your past. And you can customize your comfort. Add or remove the filling to get the perfect fit for you. Try it for 60 nights risk-free. And if it's not your jam, you just ship it back for a refund. So go to hulopillow.com power for up to $20 off per pillow when you buy multiple pillows, plus free shipping on every order. Again, that's Hulo. H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash power. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill and today I want to talk about creativity. Creativity is a balance between our logical side and our spontaneous side. And humanity's ability to be creative is essential for our technological and cultural progression. 
A common belief is that alcohol unlocks creativity. So we're going to explore that belief in this episode. You'll learn what creativity is, what's going on in the brain while we're being creative, and what the research says about whether or not alcohol helps us be more creative. If you found a burst of creativity in sobriety or you're looking to become more creative, then I will also go over three tips for cultivating creativity at the end. So let's dig in. MRI studies have identified regions of the brain that support creative tasks, and a 2016 study published in Trends in Cognitive Science identified three brain systems that interact to support creativity. These are the default mode network, the executive control network, and the salience network. The belief is that the default mode network supports idea generation, the executive control network supports idea evaluation, and the salience network relays information between the default mode network and the executive network. So I just said a bunch of network things, and you might not know what any of those are, and that's fine. So the default mode network involves a few areas of the brain and is active when you are at rest. So the activity of this network decreases when we're doing something, and it turns back on when we're daydreaming, fantasizing about the future, looking around, or recalling old memories. The salience network determines which stimuli are most deserving of our attention. So in this case, it's analyzing the ideas that are popping up in the default mode network and sending the good ones to the executive network to evaluate. Creativity involves both controlled, goal-directed, and spontaneous processes. Studies have found that creativity involves some cognitive abilities. For example, divergent thinking or thinking outside the box is associated with working memory capacity and cognitive inhibition. So working memory is your ability to keep important facts in the front of your mind and let information that isn't relevant fade. And cognitive inhibition is your ability to focus and tune out information and stimuli from your environment that isn't relevant to what you're working on. Some older studies from the 80s and 90s gave participants a small amount of alcohol and measured their creative ability. This was only enough to get their blood alcohol concentration lower than the legal limit, or under 0.08. So it was a small amount of alcohol, not the amount of alcohol that we are drinking. So one study found that the ability for the participants to come up with a lot of different ideas was reduced for both the alcohol and placebo group, but not for the control group. So the placebo group here would be like giving them a non-alcoholic beer, but saying it's a real beer. So it seems even just thinking that you drank alcohol has an effect. So the control group would be like giving them water, so they're aware that they're drinking water. Another study found that writers had reduced idea flexibility when they drank alcohol, meaning generating ideas that are different from each other. Another study found no changes, but participants believed that they were more creative when they thought they drank alcohol, so in both the alcohol and the placebo group. This is a common belief that alcohol makes us more creative or inspires us. I used to even believe that alcohol helped me study. That is a good one. 
Generally, people believe they are more creative if they think they have consumed alcohol, which I think is really interesting. I think part of the reason we believe we are more creative when we drink is because of what we've seen from history and the media about artists and musicians who drink heavily. The author Stephen King said his biggest fear about sobriety was that he wouldn't be able to be creative anymore. Many famous creatives have struggled with alcohol addiction, so this is a big reason why we believe alcohol enhances creativity. The idea is that the emotional and mental effects of drugs and alcohol unlock creativity that we can't access otherwise. A 2017 study published in Consciousness and Cognition tested the effects of beer versus non-alcoholic beer on executive control, creative problem solving, and divergent thinking ability. This study involved 70 participants between the ages of 19 and 32. They found that having a small amount of alcohol impaired executive control, but increased insight problem solving which is like when you randomly have a really good idea or you randomly come up with a solution to something that you've been thinking about for a long time. So spontaneous problem solving. The amount of alcohol that they gave them brought their BAC somewhere between 0.03 and 0.07, which again is a really small amount of alcohol. For reference, one drink raises your BAC by about 0.02. But this is different for everyone, and it depends on a lot of things like genetics, body fat, gender, whether you ate or not, and a bunch more factors. The researchers concluded that the negative effects on executive control were balanced by the positive effects on spontaneous processes. So both the alcohol and placebo group believed that they were more creative, so the actual alcohol had nothing to do with it. The mind is really powerful, and if you think you're creative, then you're more creative. If you think you're not creative without alcohol, well, then you are less creative. A follow-up study by the same team in 2020 involved 125 participants, and again, they used beer and non-alcoholic beer. So they looked at a BAC of 0, 0 0.03, and 0.06. And this time they found that at 0.06, working memory performance and information retrieval was impaired. Studies have found consistent impairments of cognitive functioning at high BAC levels. So the more you drink, the worse it gets. Something important to note is that people believe that they are more creative when they drink alcohol. If you listened to episode 60, then you learned about how our cognitive abilities are affected by drinking. Attention, inhibitory control, cognitive flexibility, short-term and working memory, and the ability to update information in our memory improves after the first few months of sobriety for most people. Since creativity is so reliant on inhibitory control and working memory, then it makes sense that we have a boost of creativity in early sobriety once our brains begin to heal. A lot of people in early sobriety will start to feel better and they'll get a boost of mental clarity and they'll feel more creative and then they just want to do all the things. They want to start a podcast, they want to write a book, they want to become a coach, they want to have a blog, they want to make videos. We just have all these creative ideas and we get really excitable about it. So if that's happening to you right now, you can kind of think of it as your brain is healing and your creative process is coming back online. 
I always said that I was not creative at all until I stopped drinking. And then I had a surge of creativity. So you may have experienced the same thing. I often have a boost of creative energy and I utilize that to make ebooks, podcasts, videos, or start brand new projects. There are two simple reasons why we become more creative in sobriety. One, when we're drinking, we live in a fog and we can't think clearly. If you've made it to around two months of sobriety, then you may have experienced a boost in mental clarity where all the brain fog clears up. I talked about this more in episode 60 if you're interested. When you're walking around in a fog, it's pretty hard to be creative. So naturally, when the fog clears, we become more creative. And second, when we're drinking, we are obsessed with alcohol and we spend a lot of time thinking about drinking, thinking about how to moderate, drinking and recovering from drinking. That doesn't leave much time to be creative, let alone even care about being creative. So what these studies demonstrate to me is that there's a big placebo effect involved in alcohol-induced creativity. Even the groups having the non-alcoholic beer thought that they were more creative and experienced similar benefits, despite not actually drinking any alcohol. A study published in 2020 in Psychopathology looked at creativity and mental illness, including alcohol addiction. They reviewed past studies and determined that when people have severe mental illness like severe depression, schizophrenia, or alcohol and drug addiction, it inhibits or even destroys their creativity. So the famous people that we look up to were creative despite their heavy drinking, not because of it. If you're not sure where to start getting creative in sobriety, then here are three ideas for you. Number one, take a class. Try pottery class, dance class, writing class, martial arts class, or a foreign language class. The community center in your town might have some affordable classes that you can sign up for. My town's community center has classes that are offered four times a year on all sorts of different topics. Taking a class not only unlocks your creativity, but it also gets you around other people. And people who are taking classes at their local community center usually aren't the kind that want to go out and party and drink heavily, because if they were, they wouldn't be in the class. Some of these classes might be over Zoom too, which makes them less nerve-wracking to attend. And it's really important to find new hobbies in sobriety and not just sit around bored watching TV all the time. So this is a really good option. Number two, write your memoir and then don't publish it. I was around four months sober when quarantine started and I had this great idea of writing a book like most of us sober people do. I wanted to share my story and help others. So I actually wrote a 55,000 word book in about a month or two and I was planning to publish it. I started contacting agents who thankfully all said no. And then I even looked into self-publishing and thankfully I didn't do it because this was the most dramatic piece of writing ever. It's hard for me to even read it. It's so embarrassing. I'm really grateful that it's not out there in the world. So writing has been really, really therapeutic for me and it's helped me process a lot. And the more you practice writing, the better you get. So I recommend writing your memoir, but do not publish it. You might look back on the writing like I did and be thankful that nobody else saw it. In the future, I plan to write another book and hopefully it won't be as dramatic and then I will publish that one. So look out for that in a few years. 
And number three, step out of your comfort zone. In the beginning of the episode, I said how a main part of creativity is spontaneous thought. If you're stuck in the same routine every day or always attached to a screen or headphones, then you're not allowing spontaneous creative thought to happen. This is why people will often say their best ideas come to them when they're in the shower because that's when they're allowing spontaneous thought to happen. So go on a walk and don't bring your headphones with you or don't just be buried in your phone the entire time. If you take public transportation, don't just sit there on your phone. Look around and think about the people that are around you. I think creativity is really exciting and I think it's highly motivating and I enjoy being creative now even though I thought for my whole life I never was. So I encourage you to try to find even a very small way to just be a little bit creative. And if you write your memoir and it's super dramatic and then you don't publish it, I really hope that you let me know so then we can laugh about our dramatic private memoirs together. And otherwise, I will talk to you next week. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today.